The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868 or visit them at difpbham.com. That's D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. This is episode number 34 of the series, and later in the show, I will call up Ray Hammond, who recently announced his retirement from the booth as the Gamecock Radio Network's color analyst. We'll revisit his time on the airwaves with Mike Paris his time as a Gamecock student-athlete, and what retirement holds for him. His interview in just a few moments after some quick housekeeping notes and some news. If you missed last week's episode, my guest was former Gamecock and -and up-and-coming country music star Riley Green. We talked about his rise to stardom, how Jacksonville State helped him become the singer and songwriter he is today, and what he's been up to since the coronavirus pandemic canceled his scheduled tours. If you want to go give it a listen, all previous episodes of the podcast can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com slash podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Also, a reminder that masks are and will continue to be required for all faculty, staff, students, and visitors throughout the JSU campus. Masks should always be worn properly and will be required indoors as well as outdoors. When social distancing cannot be maintained, signage has been placed in all buildings and areas indicating the mask requirements. Students and families are required to wear masks when visiting campus for tours and or attending orientation this summer. Please do your part in helping stop the spread of COVID-19. Please wear a mask. In athletic news, the Gamecock football team reported to campus last Tuesday and hosted its first practice of fall camp on Wednesday, August 5th. For recaps and video interviews with Coach John Gross following practice, visit JSUGamecockSports.com and see how JSU is prepping for the upcoming 2020 season. Also announced last week, JSU Athletics had a fantastic season in the classroom during the 2019-2020 school year. 132 Gamecocks were named to the OVC Commissioner's Honor Roll, which recognizes student-athletes that achieved at least a 3.25 GPA, were eligible and on teams throughout the competitive season in their chosen NCAA-sponsored sport, and used the season of competition. In addition, 30 more received the OVC's Academic Medal of Honor, which rewards student-athletes that carried a perfect 4.0 GPA. Congratulations to all of our amazing student-athletes on their achievements, and you can see the full list of honorees by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. That's everything new happening around athletics, and now it's time for today's featured guest. Ray Hammett spent 26 seasons as a color analyst for Jacksonville State football, with 19 seasons under his belt as Mike Paris' right-hand man on the Gamecock Radio Network, and an additional seven seasons as a television commentator, 
Hammond announced his retirement from the air in July. Well, former Gamecock himself, Ray graduated from JSU in 1977 and spent four seasons on the gridiron just off of Mountain Street. He and his wife Rhonda are moving to be closer to family, and I was able to catch up with Ray on Monday, who was taking a break from moving into his new home in South Alabama. Here's today's guest, Ray Hammond. My guest this week on the podcast, joining me from Foley, Alabama, on the phone, Ray Hammoth, the former color analyst for the Gamecock Radio Network. Ray, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty well. We've had a, a very busy weekend. We got in on the kind of halfway through a house being built in Foley, and so uh, we closed on it on Friday, started moving in on Friday. So we've been moving all weekend as we're talking right now. I got Lowe's delivering a washer and a dryer i got my brother-in-law doing some work in there so we've been really really busy but uh but it's all good ray for those who don't know you retired after the 2019 football season we announced it at the end of july that you would be uh, retiring to the beach to be closer to your family and that eric mims would be taking over your spot as a color analyst and so take me through retirement that last season uh what was it that made you say you know what i think this might be it for me i think i'm going to move to the beach and spend some time down there well we actually didn't really get into this process probably until february we were you know very pleased ron and i were both working part-time at jacksonville state uh and uh secondary education working with student teachers teaching a class and just really and ron has done that for nine years and i just thoroughly enjoyed it as well and so, you know, we are just sitting out on the back porch one afternoon, you know, and she said, is this where you want to spend the rest of your life? I said, well, I don't know, you know, and and uh, she said, well, where would you want to go? And that's when the family came up. We've got Amy, our youngest daughter, lives in Rockmark, Georgia, and, of course, Mark has worked with me doing uh, stats, and that has been one of the highlights of my life is to have my grandson working with me in that uh, deal. And but anyway, we've got uh, Katie, my oldest daughter, lives in Mobile, and uh, she's got the youngest of the grandkids, and the ones we really just very seldom got to see. And uh, we've, we've gotten to live through the others growing up with the church things and the school things and the athletics, but we never got to see these other two down here. And they're going to be grown before we know it. So uh, that's really kind of the whole deal. We got in the car one Saturday morning, didn't tell anybody where we were going in February, and just came, you know, down to the Gulf Shores area, looking at places to live to get a feel for, is this what we really want to do? And uh, it really just kind of felt like this is it. And we found a, a community here that uh, is very beachy, it's very unique, and uh, it, it's exactly what Rhonda was wanting to, to find. And we came in and just really fell in love with this. The people have been super nice, and so we're glad to be here. We're glad to be at this part of the process, and. Hopefully, one day next week, I'm going to go to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ray, you spent 26 years at Jacksonville State on the radio waves and on television, but your career at Jacksonville State started way before then, and just from looking at it, it looks like it was somewhat of a family tradition, Jacksonville State. And tell me about how you got started at JSU, what brought you to the university. Well, it's kind of a long story, I guess, and you hadn't got that much time. But I, I grew up in Jacksonville. My uh, dad and, and had Jackson had Hammond Oil Company. He and my uncle Bernard and my granddad. Uh, that was their family business, and so that was one of two places you could buy 
a ticket to a home ball game at the time. We didn't have all this stuff like we have now. You had to either go to Crow Drug or Hammett Oil. And, but anyway, I grew up, uh, D. Sauls was one of my best friends uh, growing up, and that's Dr. Sauls that uh, coach, was coaching at that time when I was young. And uh, so, you know, I grew up in that household as well, and my uh, parents were very, very close with the Sauls. And so I had that. Uh, you know, and as I started playing ball, you know, it was just, you know, all I ever really wanted to do was coach and, and teach, of course. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed my teaching career, but um, I went to uh, at graduation time. Of course, I was a 167-pound linebacker, so there wasn't any long line looking for Ray Hammond. Now, Bo Beatty was an All-American. He was the other offensive guard, and he goes to Alabama, and, you know, and uh, Bo had some issues there, but I – end up having to do the walk-on thing and at, at that time of uh in back in 1972 auburn was wide open as far as bringing walk-ons in so i chose to go to auburn uh after growing up a jack state and alabama fan all those years it was kind of hard to do but uh i went down there and got to play on they had freshman teams back in those days and played a good bit on the freshman team but it it wasn't where I needed to be. I, I was not a good enough athlete, a fast enough athlete, or uh, any of that to really, you know, be successful at that level. So um, my dad had a conversation with Charlie Pell, that was the coach at the time, and Charlie asked if he thought I might be interested in coming back to Jacksonville, and and I did. I jumped on it, and so um, walked on uh, after the season in '73 and. Uh, you know, played for three years. Charlie Pell left and uh, moved on, and uh, Clarkie Mayfield uh, moved up from assistant coach to head coach. So the three years that I played at Jack State were under Clarkie Mayfield. And then Joe Kynes was my coach. Uh, he was the linebacker coach. And, of course, Joe Kynes has been all over the place. And I learned so much from all the guys, but uh, especially those two. And and really, the main reason I was out there is because I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to learn. And I knew I wasn't going to be a great football player. I was a backup linebacker and, and starred as the wedge breaker on the kickoff team. That was kind of my claim to fame. And uh, But anyway, that's how I got into Jacksonville and uh, then, you know, went into coaching for 14 years. And then when I got out, was in administration and then we'll talk about that I think in a few minutes so and like you said you you coached for 14 years you got into teaching and administration tell me what you've spent the last uh, few years of your life doing as far as the school system and I know you did a lot of traveling had a lot of schools in Georgia that you attended to as well yeah um, my 14 years in um, coaching my last four were at Jacksonville High School uh, that was my dream, to be able to come back and be the head football coach at Jacksonville. So I got to live the dream. I was very blessed to have that opportunity. And then um, after four years of that, I was kind of getting to the point where, you know, I, I started thinking this isn't what I need to do long term. And so the assistant principal job came open at Jacksonville. Mitchell McKay, That was uh, he's been my mentor for many, many years, even as a teacher when I was a student. But uh, he offered me the opportunity to be his assistant principal. So I did that for nine years. And that's when I got into the radio business to start with, with Mike. Is in uh, 19, I did not coach in uh, 91. And then in 92 is when I started working with Mike. 
And, uh, again, that was a great year to start because we, you know, won the championship that year. But, uh, anyway, as far as my career goes, I was, uh, I stayed at Jacksonville for 10 years as an administrator. And then I got to the point where I could retire, uh, here and move to Georgia and do the double dip thing. And, uh, so John Tolan, that I'd worked for at Aniston years earlier, and he's also superintendent at Oxford. He was the principal at Cedartown High and offered me the opportunity to come over and be AP and athletic director at Cedartown. So I did that. I worked uh, in that school for a couple of years, went to the middle school. Then I went to the central office and worked uh, as a director there for two and a half years. And then I got probably the best job I've ever had was working as a uh a graduation coach and I was just after having to hammer people for all those years I'm just there to help I'm, I'm here to help you graduate and it was a very rewarding job and then uh, that the money ran out with that over in Georgia uh, they did that for five or six years before they stopped that program and then uh, so I needed a couple of more years at least and uh, got an elementary principal job <laughs> Uh, in Georgia at Westside Elementary in Cedartown. And so that was the way that I ended that phase as far as working in the schools. I uh, came to Jack State for a year, worked with student teachers. Then I had a great opportunity to go back and work uh, in Rome, Georgia, and working with 17 school districts, basically as a consultant. Uh, they do this all over Georgia, and it was a really wonderful opportunity. I, I became a lot smarter over those four years because I had to go in and research a lot of things. and and uh, But again, we, we were just there to help. And so I was very, very fortunate to have that opportunity. So um, after four years of that, I came back to Jack State and worked uh, again in secondary ed and enjoyed it so much. But it, it was just the right time, especially with this pandemic stuff going on. Uh, education is changing it's changing right now as we're speaking and uh it's a lot of unanswered questions because we've never even had one thought about all this kind of thing happening you know we were never trained never thought about it and now uh these poor folks are having, the teachers and students and administrators are having to deal with it but but another thing i did do i want to mention is i i was on the school board uh, at Jacksonville City Schools for six years. And that was another very rewarding thing to do because it was a give back kind of deal. But Eric Mackey, which is now state superintendent, was our superintendent in Jacksonville at the time and and uh, got to be, you know, good friends with Eric and, and really appreciate, you know, that friendship even today. Just to read off some of the things that you've done over your career, you started in radio, like you mentioned, in 1992. You did that until 2002. That was 11 seasons in the booth with Mike Paris. Yep. In 2005, you moved over to the TV booth. You were on the TV broadcast for the Gamecocks from 2005 to 2011. That's seven seasons. And then you returned back to the radio booth in 2012 and stayed there until 2019, eight seasons. So overall, 26 (laughs) seasons with the Gamecocks. Tell me about your time as the color analyst and your career working with Mike Paris, working with those guys over in television. Uh, Was that what you had always wanted to do outside of education, or was that just something that kind of popped up along the way and you said, hey, this is kind of fun? Well, it popped up along the way, and it became – you know, not a, it wasn't a job. It was, you know, I don't hunt fish or golf. That was what I got to do, you know, as a, as a 
part-time deal, you know, but, but Mike offered me the opportunity and, uh, and getting in the booth with him was, it's just been fun. I mean, you know, Mike is so good and everybody knows that, but he's such a professional. And, and I, the other thing that I always tried to remember is this was never Ray Hammett's show. It was always Mike Pesci's show. And I was there to try to help Matt, you know, Mike out and fill some time so he could take a deep breath. And uh, then I got into the TV thing with TV 24, my, uh, Mickey Shadricks and the bunch. And uh, I did a good bit of that uh, over the years. And so that kind of got me into the TV side of things before I started in the booth with that at Jack State. And then one year uh, after I left Mike for the first year, I worked with a guy named Mike Grace, which ended up being the voice of the Sanford Bulldogs. But Mike Grace started a nationwide deal. So I traveled one fall. Went all over the place. Had a great time, but uh, but I was also working in Georgia as an administrator, and it about killed me to have to leave Friday, get on an airplane, get home Sunday, and go back to work on Monday. And that was quite the chore, but it was a really good experience. So I, I've got, and I also worked with uh, the Alabama High School Athletic Association doing the, what they called at the time the Super Six and the Final Four in basketball. So I got to call a lot of really great football and basketball games over the years. And Chris Stewart, by way of Greg Seitz, got me involved in that. So uh, old Greg has really helped me out a lot over the years as well. You mentioned doing the basketball Final Four. Football wasn't the only sport that you had here at Jacksonville State that you had broadcasted. You've, you've done basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball over the years. Was there yep. a sport other than football that you enjoyed broadcasting more than the other? Well, I really enjoyed the softball. Uh, that was softball was such a fast pace, in and out, quick games, you know, those kinds of things. But to be around uh, that program, I mean, it's such a successful program and a class group of young ladies and coaches, and and I really enjoyed doing that a lot. Uh, Baseball, again, is much slower, but again, Jim Case is, you know, I think just one of the best people in the world. Uh, the basketball over the years, basketball, I struggle at a little bit because I can't keep up with names and, and those kinds of things because I only did it now and then. If I did it all the time, I think I would have been better. But, you know, usually Mike was, you know, with a different program or, or something along those lines when I had that opportunity. But I really enjoy doing basketball but I, I just don't think I was very good. So. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I think uh, Paris is very good at basketball, but it's one of those games like you were talking about that's so fast-paced that unless you're there every single day and you're doing your homework on the away teams and you can just recognize yeah. guys without looking at their jerseys, it's it's really one of those sports that to be able to do play-by-play -play for that, it it's a, it's a big difference from many of the other sports. It is. But the one thing that I did learn that if you're doing radio, people don't really know exactly what's going on. So you can skip three or four passes and nobody will ever know, you know. So I, I tried not to call every single pass or every single shot or rebound. Uh, and I think that helped me a little bit in the later years. But I, I just, I've enjoyed the whole thing. It really has it's been a fun, fun thing for me to do. And, and I do, you know, my wife Rhonda is supported me for all these years being gone on weekends she loves college football and bless her heart she stayed at home a lot of saturdays by herself and and watched football and there i am out on the road and, 
And, uh, but again, her support was so valuable. And that's one thing that I'm, if we have football, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to having that time with her and, and enjoying that. Over those 26 seasons you spent in the booth with football, I think it would be very hard to beat 1992, your rookie season on the radio and winning the Division II National Championship. But over those 26 seasons, you, you've been along for a lot of rides. You saw the Gamecocks go from D2 to D1. You've seen them make the FCS National Championship game. Is there a moment that stands out more than the other? And is it one of those things that you have to almost break up into two divisions? Well, I think there's, you know, different uh, classifications that you would put those in. But for me, the winning of the national championship in 92, because I had been a Gamecock and every day that we worked out and worked hard. And I mean, we had some brutal workouts in the winter and every day we talked about, we're doing this because we want to be national champions. And so I knew what it took, you know, and I knew what you had to go through to get to that point. And I knew that those guys on the 92 team, uh, you know, had worked that hard. And so when it actually happened and oh, Eric, uh, King that intercepted that pass played for me at Tax. So there was a little extra. I had, Tim Suttis played for me at Jacksonville. So I had those connections with those guys that I was really proud of, but it was almost like a, a weight being lifted off of me knowing that finally, after all those people went through this program and tried for this, and we finally got to that level. And especially knowing that it, you know, it was the last year in division two was our last shot, but that, that was huge. Uh, I think the Auburn game when we went to overtime and really should have won the game, but I'll never forget that. Me and Mike go in the booth, you know, before the game. Well, if we just keep it close, you know, da 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 da, da you know, all that. And uh, so at halftime, we're sort of looking at each other, and we felt like Muschamp, the defensive coordinator, was peeling the paint off the wall, and the <laughs> first drive would be important. And, you know, if we can hang with that, well, dang, if we didn't come out and drive the ball down on the field again, you know, and Mike and I started looking at each other going, oh, this, you know, this might really happen. And so that was just so tremendous i did not call ed let was the color back in that days when they won the uh old miss game but i sat next to josh in the uh press box you know and that was such a special moment to be around even though i wasn't as much a part of it but uh you know the the opportunity to go out to uh the fcs game that was a great opportunity as well so it's there's a lot of them. I could throw several more out, but uh, those would probably be the tops. In those 26 seasons, you got to see a ton of great athletes. I mean, you look back at guys like Eli Jenkins, our guys that have gone on to oh. the NFL, and you even go back to uh, Eric Mims back in 1996 against Nickel State when he racked up a school record, 33 tackles in that game. Is there I'll a... never forget that. Uh, it, it, it's still very, very fresh as to watching that. And back in those days, we didn't have all the stats, you know, that were updated every play like we have now. So it'd be easy to keep up with that. But they would bring it, you know, at the end of the quarter or after a touchdown, you know, the stat sheets. And I, I started noticing that. And I started keeping up with it, you know, from the booth. But, you know, what a tremendous effort. But Eric Mims is not only a great player, but a such a class act, a local guy from Welburn High School. I remember watching him at Welburn. And uh, and I'm just thrilled to death, number one, that he's going to be 
uh, taking this spot, and I think he would do a great job with it. But, yeah, I've gotten to watch a lot of Terry Owens when I'm a kid. Now, this is when I'm 9 or 10, you know, and he uh, graduates and goes out to uh, the, the Chargers and plays for San Diego for a number of years. And so we've had a lot of good ones over the years. And, um, and it's, it's, it's been a good spot to bring people into, and I think that's going to continue. We've seen, you know, there's some people out there right now they could play in NFL uh, with Jacksonville State if the chips fall and they stay healthy and those kinds of things. So, uh, but over the years, there's been some good ones. But a lot of them have been those old Ray Hammonds that had the big heart, that wanted to be there, that worked hard, that, you know, just willing to do anything it took just to get on the field, you know. And, and uh, but again, I'm so proud of, of my accomplishments, which it's not a long list, but they're, they're all hard worked for as far as being a player at Jack State. From 1992 to 2019, that entire time you were on the airwaves, if you can choose one, who was the best Gamecock you watched? Golly, Mom, you're really pushing me on that one now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Perilou definitely was on a different level. I don't know that he ever really fulfilled his ability. He did a lot of things, but, uh, you know, uh, there was always a little bit of a question mark. Is he trying to do too much? Uh, Eli's super Josh Barge is one of my favorites of all time because a wide receiver and just really did such a good job of, uh, you know, he breaks his finger, you know, in one game, next game he's out there. He's already had surgery during the week, you know, just a tough young man. Uh, but Josh, uh, Tremaine Pope, what he came from, and what he was able to make himself into, you know, also was, was really big. Chris Landrum, always a smile on his face. Just a really, really nice guy. And, uh, and again, we could go on and on. There's, a, there's so many that, you know, made great contributions, you know, for the Gamecocks over the years. And, and that's what makes the program. And that's what makes you proud to be able to come back and, and talk about, you know, the guys you played with and, I still see some of you know the guys I played with. Most most of us are on walkers now, but uh, you know we we're, we're still out there getting around, and everybody tries to get back to a game or two. When I think about college football broadcasters, especially us at our level, and then you go back and look at even the FBS schools back in the '80s and '90s. I grew up in Tennessee, and even though I wasn't a Tennessee Vols fan. It seemed like, you know, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing John Ward or Bob Kessling. And those guys, for me, when I think about when I do broadcasting and stuff, those are the guys that I grew up listening to that were just fantastic. And so you know a lot of stories about them. And just like John Ward and Bob Kessling and uh, his color analysts, they didn't ride airplanes and all do all that with the team. Most of the time, they usually jumped in a van or a car, and they were on their way to Tuscaloosa or wherever it was that they were playing that week. And so they spent a lot of time on the road in the car with each other. And it's no different for radio broadcasters at our level, even today, that unless you're chartering a flight to FIU, you're in a car, you're in a van with a group of people, usually you and Paris, me, Josh Underwood, yeah. Greg Bonds, uh, Sam Palmer. And we're on the road somewhere. And so you've spent... And we're always worried about where we're going to have dinner. You know, <laughs> and Josh right. usually had that taken care of. So. <laughs> or if Bonds has enough gas in the van to get us where we're going. 
Well, you know, Mike actually ran out of gas one night. I don't know if you've heard that story before. I was going to ask you about that. I would love for you to share that. We we had to go to Florence three times that year in 92. We played regular season. It was a close game. Then we went back up there for the playoff with UNA, which was Florence at the time. And then we had to go back up there for the championship game. And I'm not sure which one it was, if it was the regular season or uh, the uh, first playoff game up there. But uh, we we had a local guy that would give us a van or a car to drive, you know, to keep the mileage off of uh, university. They didn't have university vehicles at that time. Keep the mileage off Mike's vehicle. And so anyway, evidently the uh, gas mileage, the, the gas gauge didn't work very well. And so we're coming back and we get down around Sneed, run out of gas. And so, uh, you know, Mike's had to live with that. And of course he, he throws it right back in my face because <laughs> I put, you know, JSU help in um, duct tape on the back of the window, <laughs> hoping somebody would stop. But Jack Stapy were already in Jacksonville by that time, you know, because we were a little late getting out of there. But anyway, that's just one of the many things. But Mike and uh, Joe Whitmore, which uh, Joe did sidelines pretty much the entire time that I was uh, doing the first uh, 11 years. And, you know, we just all were such good friends and, and uh, enjoyed, you know, traveling together went to some great eating spots. Uh, we had a place out in Texas that it was a church that had a barbecue on Saturdays in their uh, community room area over there. And so we'd go over there and, and Joe called it the church of the Holy barbecue. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just, it's just to have good friends like that. Uh, you know, you, you can't put a price tag on that. And, and not only the, you know, the radio guys, but, you know, uh, Mike Galloway was uh, doing what y'all do when I first got up there. Greg came in as an assistant and to see where Greg has gone and uh, what the leadership that he's providing now. But but you and Josh and, and just all you guys are just such close friends of mine. And I just I'm always glad to see you. And I, and I know that if I needed something, you know, y'all would be there and y'all know I would be there for you as well. I appreciate that, Ray, and we definitely do. And that's what I think makes uh, this so bittersweet is knowing that we're not going to be on the road with you anymore. We're not going to be seeing you in the press box anymore. But at the same time, we know that you're going to be sitting at home either watching or listening and enjoying retirement and uh, a little bit warmer weather almost year-round now. Yeah, that's true. And I know that, um, you know, our plans are to get up in the morning, go to the beach, take a walk, come home, get ready for football, you know. So that that's a pretty good plan. When Rhonda put that out there for me, I said, you know, I can't beat that. You know, that's just really, really good. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I won't ever do another game. You know, high school might need somebody to fill in or something at some point in time. But, but as far as, uh, you know, the Saturday part of it, I'm really just looking forward to to uh, having some family time and then being able to uh, spend more time, you know, with uh, Katie and her kids. And uh, that's, that's uh, a big, big part of this. Not that we're trying to get away from Amy by any means, but like I said earlier, her kids have had us at their events and Katie's kids are not because of the distance. And when I'm doing football, that was every weekend, you know? And so uh, it's going to be good. And I'm very excited about the future and, uh, Think I'm in a good place right down here in Foley. This is this is a pretty special spot. Well, Ray, we wish you and Miss Rhonda the best of luck. 
and I'm sure we'll be seeing you at some games in the future. I know you can't stay away forever. Right. Well, I appreciate it and look forward to coming back and visiting with you guys as well. Ray, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to come on the podcast with us. I know you're a busy man right now, and I know you've got, like you said, some uh, washers and dryers that are on their way to your new house. I'm hoping they're through by now. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> this might have lasted just about the right length of time. So. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, you so much, Ray. Talk to you soon. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. I hope that you and yours are healthy, and I will talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with a brand new episode and another guest. With that, I'm Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, jsugamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSU Gamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.